Hey, Momo, how many drivers do we have in today's race? Eh, 23, sir. What? We need 24 drivers! You know what to do. Ah, uh, you know. Uh, send in the field filler. Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Get all your news, results, and updates on NASCAR every week on this channel. You've tried the best, now here's the rest. Let's fill the last row with our hosts, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the bottom of the playlist as well as the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. The 4th of July weekend is in the books. Hope you guys had a safe and great 4th of July. Even though most of the stuff was closed down, I still hope you guys had a lot of fun. I truly did have some fun. I was able to go down to my girlfriend's family's house to shoot off some fireworks, have some fun. Did not lose any of my fingers. Thank the lured i still have all 10 of those and we did we had a great time it was it was great to just be able to relax a little bit enjoy some fireworks and just have a good time under the sun and we also had a really good time under the sun at indianapolis motor speedway i'm talking about the brickyard 400 as well as the Penzoil 150 now before we get into the brickyard 400 as well as the final results i just want to touch on this I think this might be the last time that they race on the rectangular oval. I really think they're going to be moving on over to the road course after that finish in the Xfinity series. If you did not watch it, there was a lot of strategy going on. The race was exactly what it needed to be. It needed to be a good, fun road course race, a little bit of strategy in between, similar to Watkins Glen, but it was the finish that really grabbed everyone's attention. I'm talking about the four-way battle in the final 10 laps of the race. Now, this road course, it's a big one. It's not as big as Road America, per se, but it's a good-sized road course. And we had Chase Briscoe, Austin Senrick, AJ Allmendinger and Noah Gregson battle it out. I mean, Chase Briscoe at one point, he fell off, uh, missed a turn completely, and he went back to third, was able to hold off Noah Gregson, and then he was able to take the lead back. It was good, old-fashioned road course racing that we all wanted to see, and that's exactly what we got. It was a really exciting race. I like that one a whole lot more than the Brickyard 400, but let's not take it away fully from those guys because it was a good action-packed race. There was a tire debacle. That's the really bad thing that happened about this race. That's why they probably are going to be moving towards a road course. But let's get into it. Let's get into the final results for the Big Machine Hand Sanitizer 400. All right, now, before we get into the final results, I do have to point this out. We had another race where, get this, we had another delay before the start of the green flag. I I, I don't know what it is anymore. I, I, I could have swore it was just going to be the DW curse that was just going to be on Fox. But no, they moved it to NBC on the 4th of July. It was still going to be NBC, whether the pandemic happened or not. And still, DW is fondling Mother Nature, and we get a lightning strike it was almost, we're almost being treated like ginger children here. The, the ginger child of the family. They're almost like, no, 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 no. You don't get to play with everybody else. You gotta, you gotta wait an extra two hours before we decide that you can play. And then maybe then you're just gonna squeeze by and then you're immediately gonna go to bed because we don't have any lights in your room for you. That's, that's basically what it's been to be a NASCAR fan. I, I don't know what it is, but we had another lightning delay. No surprise there, honestly. We'll see if there's any rain in Kentucky. I'm praying that there won't be, but... But 
enough about me bitching about the weather let's get into the final results it was a good race there was a bunch of competitors that had an opportunity to win the race but in the end it was the number four of kevin harvick for stewart haas racing and the bush light patriotic ford he led 68 laps he also won stage two and he also gets his fourth victory of the 2020 season congratulations kevin harvick you got another crown jewel event win and it's at the brickyard Finishing second was the number 42 of Matt Kenseth, his best finish of the year, and coming out of retirement as well in that number 42 machine, good for him. Finishing third, another top five, fifth and one in a row, the number 10 of Eric Amarola, he finishes third. Finishing fourth is the number two of Brad Keselowski. Finishing fifth, the best finish and the top running rookie, the number 41 of Cole Custer. Finishing sixth, we have the number 18 of Kyle Busch. Finishing seventh, the number 34 of Michael McDowell, impressive run by him. Finishing 8th, another rookie, the number 8 of Tyler Reddick. Finishing 9th is the number 43 of Bubba Wallace. And Ryan out the top 10, your pole sitter, the number 22 of Joey Logano. Finishing 11th was the number 9 of Chase Elliott. Struggled there at the end. He was actually doing really good in the race, but just had some bad uh, luck there at the end. Finishing 12th is the number 95 of Christopher Bell, another rookie. Finishing 13th, we have the number 1 of Kurt Busch. Finishing 14th is the number 13 of Ty Dillon. Finishing 15th is the number 38 of John Hunter Nemechek. Good run by the rookies, by the way. Finishing 16th is the number 14 of Clint Boyer. Finishing 17th is the number 77 of Ross Chastain. Finishing 18th and 19th was Austin Dillon and Matty Bandetto. I include these guys together because they got into an accident on the last lap. They were running 7th and 8th at the time. And running out the top 20, the top running open charter car, the number 96 of Daniel Suarez finishes 20th, one lap down. So that is your top 20 for the Brickyard 400. Now let's talk about some noticeable drivers who did not finish in the top 20, including people who had tire problems. I'm going to first start off with William Byron. He finishes 27th, five laps down. He won stage one, however, got a flat tire in stage two. He finishes five laps down in 27th. Right behind him in the 28th spot, the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. He was actually leading with about 10 laps to go before he got a flat tire. He led 19 laps in that race, but instead he finishes 28th. Alex Bowman in the number 88, he also suffers a flat tire. He finishes 30th. Ryan Blaney gets into an accident um, both on pit road as well as on the racetrack. He finishes 32nd. Finishing 33rd is the number 20 of Eric Jones. He finished second in stage one, but same thing with William Byron. He got a flat tire in stage two. And then here's some drivers who had some problems on pit road due to the narrow pit road was the number 17 of Chris Buescher, Ryan Blaney once again. Brandon Poole in the number 15, the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse, Justin Allgaier subbing for Jimmy Johnson. He finishes 37th, 38th, number 19 of Martin Trex Jr., 39th and number 32 of Corey LaJoy and Ryan up the field in the 40th spot was the number 37 of Ryan Priest. And that is your final results here at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So, first thing I want to talk about foremost was it was an okay race. It was a good race for Indianapolis. Indianapolis doesn't have the most exciting races. I wouldn't consider it one of the top races of the year. I don't think it beats the Pocono second race, but it does beat like the Saturday Pocono race, maybe Auto Club, and definitely Atlanta. Other than that, um, it's pretty much on the lower end of excitement for races, which is fine. That's just how Indianapolis end. Second, let's talk about the tire incidents. This is absolutely dangerous, and it's kind of a shame that this happened because we kind of knew that it would happen because, let me just say, uh, there was no practice, no qualifying. We all know about that, and the Xfinity Series ran 
on the road course, so there was no rubber being laid down at all on the turns, and we know how abrasive the track is. It's almost like a cheese grater in a sense. So it just caused a lot of flat tires and tire blowouts, which were really dangerous, especially with drivers like Eric Jones, Alex Bowman, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin I actually got really scared about because he did not put down that window net um, right away. So I really got worried right there, especially for him. But if they don't do it for the excitement, they should do it for the safety measures. I'm talking about moving the Cup Series to the road course. Indianapolis has done what they needed to do around the Oval. They've had great races. They've had good action. They ran on that historic oval. But I think it's more for the Indy cars at this point. The cars are different. NASCAR seems to do a lot better when it comes to road courses, especially in viewership and more action-packed. I think it's time to make that adjustment. And the Xfinity Series showed it really well. And, I mean, this safety problem is a big issue, especially for the tires when it comes to this racetrack because it happened in 08. Now it happened in 2020. How many more times are we going to get people in big accidents because of these tires? So that's what I'm thinking on that. Hopefully they make that adjustment. And one last thing. I do like the guys at NBC Sports. I like Ray Allen. I like Dale Jr. I like Steve Letarte and Jeff Burton. The only problem is, guys, with the next couple of races, I know you guys come back at Texas Please don't be so repetitive because holy hell, how many times did I have to hear about that narrow pit road and about the whole COVID situation with Jimmy Johnson? It was almost like this. This is kind of how it was. It was almost like, now they're going into pit road on that narrow pit road at Brickyard. The Brickyard has the narrowest pit road. Oh, they're spin out because of the narrow pit road. Guys, remember, we were talking about the narrow pit road. All these guys are getting collected because of the narrow pit road, narrow pit road, narrow pit road. It was like, holy hell, shut up. We, we heard you the first three times, but that's my only complaint about them. I, I really do like these guys. I'm pretty sure they're going to get it together. It's always that nerve-wracking first race, but overall, Indianapolis did what it needed to do. I'd say it was an okay race for the 4th of July weekend. Would have preferred Daytona, but you know this was all right. Let's see how they do in Kentucky, but before we go to next week's race, let's look at our picks and let's see who did the best and who did the worst at Indianapolis. Alright, so this week I was a little different. Instead of just talking about 15 drivers, I decided to talk about 20 because there was a lot of people who had very similar statistics and a lot of people who were worthy to talk about. Let's look at the safe pick, guys. If you went with Kevin Harvick, he was a good pick. He got you 56 points. Brad Keselowski, he gave you about the average he usually gets. He usually gets 36. He got you 35. Joey Logano was one of the bigger letdowns. I th I could have swore he was going to be a contender for this race, but he never really was. Got no stage points. He did get a top 10, but it was kind of one of those situations where he just got lucky. Got 27 points. That's way lower than what he usually gets. That was a big bust for Joey Logano. Kyle Busch, um, he wasn't really a factor to win the race, but he did get you 38 points if you did put him in, so at least he did good there. And then Denny Hamlin, I'm not going to hold this too much on Denny Hamlin. It wasn't his fault. He was going to get you about 50 points if he would have finished that race. Just had the flat tire. He did the worst out of the safe picks with 22 points, but that's kind of uh, an unfair uh, statistic to look at him. Now let's look at the top 10 guys. The best guy by far was Chase Elliott. In fact, he was one of the higher scoring guys, if not the second highest scoring guy out of everybody. He did really good in this race, just not at the end. He just wasn't there at all. He just kept going down pit road. The car was doing really, really good until at the end. So if you put him in, you're probably happy with that 42 points, but I just wish he was more competitive near the end of the race. 
Um, Eric Amarola, another top five. I was thinking he was going to be a top 10 guy, maybe get you a sixth or seventh, but he actually finished in the top five once again. He is on fire. I would keep him as long as possible. Let me check on Kentucky for Friday's race and see if he's going to be a person that we want to put in the safe picks rather than the top 10. Good job for Eric Amarola. Another 34 points for him. Clint Boyer was a top 10 guy except for there at the end. I mean, he finished 10th in stage one, finished 10th in stage two, just had a problem with pit road as far as what to do, and he finished around 16th. So 23 points for him. Um, that's a little lower than what I expected. I was expecting more in the 30s. So a little bit of a letdown, but not as bad as these two drivers right here, Ryan Blaney and Martin Truex Jr., my God, Martin Trex Jr. no longer likes Indianapolis anymore because his best finish in the last four years there has been 27th. I thought he was just having bad luck. I mean, he did have bad luck here once again, but then the whole pit road incident happened and he was able to score one whole point. He was without a doubt the biggest letdown this week. And Ryan Blaney, I put Ryan Blaney on my list and I knew I was in trouble from the beginning. I mean, he was still running good, even though he had that pit road incident with his crew member. By the way, his crew member's good. I should have covered that earlier. He is good. Um, he's been released, so good on that one. But Ryan Blaney got into some, uh, had a tire problem. He wrecked out and he only got five points. Those two were the biggest letdowns by far in this race. Now some of the dark horses, William Byron, he was going to look like a really good dark horse, just got that flat tire incident, I don't know what it is about William Byron, every time it looks like he's going to have himself a good finish or he's competitive, he gets a flat tire, and it's not the same flat tire, it's not like it's the right rear every single time, it's been a different tire every single time, who knows, maybe at Kentucky he's going to be leading the race and all four tires are going to go out. I don't know what it is. He got you 20 points. I guess that's okay if he was your sixth guy, maybe your fifth guy, but I was expecting more from him. It was just an absolute bummer on that one. Uh, Matt Bandetto, he was running really, really well. He got 29 points. He just got into that accident at the end. That was just a bit of a bummer. He still got you 29 points, so I was pretty happy I put him in. 29 points is not too bad. Kurt Busch in a 700 start, he got about what he usually gets as far as averages go. A little bit lower than usual. Still 27 points. I'd say that's a good 700th run for him. Eric Jones, flat tire. He was kind of in the same boat with William Byron as far as strategies went. He also got the flat, and he only got you 13 points. That was a bit of a bummer, but the biggest winner by far in the dark horses was Matt Kenseth in the number 42 machine. Absolutely did great in this race. I thought he would get you more of a top 10, but he was om he almost won the race. I was rooting for him. Um, I knew Kevin Harvick was a stronger car, but still, good job on Matt Kenseth. He got people 40 points. I hope you guys went with him. I knew he was kind of a risky one to use, but at the same time, he did have some potential, especially when you were looking at the Pocono races and his previous stats at Indianapolis. Now, let's look at the shoot for the moon, guys. The shoot for the moon, guys... Um, they did about 50-50, just kind of what you expect. Uh, Christopher Bell and Tyler Reddick, they almost got the same exact points. It's almost like the same as the Xfinity races. They were pretty close to each other. Christopher Bell got 27 points. Tyler Reddick got 29 points. I say with Christopher Bell, that's an okay if you used him. Tyler Reddick, that was more of a letdown because you're probably going to use him a little bit more than Christopher Bell, maybe. Ryan Newman, this was, he was another huge letdown. He got a flat tire as well. He usually gets on average around 10th to 12th place, and he wrecked out. He only got three points. That was a big bummer. Chris Buescher, same thing. Pit road incident, only got six points. And Jimmy Johnson, he didn't even run the race. Now, I know I said I would put Jimmy Johnson in, but the whole COVID testing positive for that, 
that was a true bummer and he got replaced by Justin Allgaier so I decided to go with Matt Kenseth I decided to change him at the end I know I didn't mean to break my promise I swear to you I was not gonna break my promise but he was not in the race I'm not gonna put him in that's shoot that's not shooting for the moon that's shooting yourself in the head so I wasn't gonna put him in um, but Justin Allgaier replaced him he got only one point or two points or something like that he got into that pit road incident as well that was a big bummer for him and some noticeable guys who actually got 28 or more points that I did not even talk about I feel bad about this was Bubba Wallace with 28 Michael McDowell with 29 Cole Custer with 32 and Austin Dillon with 33 uh, Cole Custer I didn't even talk about at all because he kind of let me down at Pocono Michael McDowell he's hit or miss all the time he's such a risky driver to go with he's either gonna get 13th or 40th there's no in between with that guy Bubba Wallace, I was just looking at Pocono with his stats. I was thinking he was going to get a 20th. Even though he got third last year, I did not think he was going to repeat his success. How foolish of me. And finally, Austin Dillon. He just did really lucky. He knew how to play the stage points. Ran that really well. Got into that accident near the end. He was about to score about 40 points. He probably would have beat Chase Elliott if he didn't get into that accident, which would have made him the second highest scoring guy in this race. So... Good job by those four. I didn't count them. So what I'm going to do from here on out, as we get ready to see who was the best observer out of us four, I'm going to add a fifth group. And in this fifth group are going to be drivers that I did not talk about at all in the Thursday or Friday episodes, as well as drivers that none of us have picked and put on our roster. So if you fall below this list out of us four, this is just for us four, you will be a bum for that week. You might even be the ultimate bum. We'll just have to check on Chernobyl.com and see who had the most toxic tweet or who's being the most toxic that deserves the ultimate bum list. So the stakes have never been higher. Let's review on who everyone picked. Now, I have been adding all six drivers, but I'm going to go by fantasy live picks. Whoever was the weakest one out of our six picks, I'm going to eliminate. So the top five picks from each observer. We're gonna start off with me. Here's who I went with. I went with Kevin Harvick, Matt Benedetto, Joey Logano, Clint Boyer, Ryan Blaney, and I replaced Jimmy Johnson with Matt Kenseth. We went over that earlier. For Mechanical Manny, he had Denny Hamlin, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, Alex Bowman, Kurt Busch, and William Byron. Crazy Corrado had Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Ryan Blaney, Clint Boyer, Matt DiBandetto, and he decided to change out Jimmy Johnson with Martin Trex Jr. And Doofus Rufus, he had Kyle Busch six times, but he cannot put Kyle Busch six times, so I gave him all the shoot for the moon guys, which were Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, Matt Kenseth, Chris Buescher, and Justin Allgaier. I'll throw Justin Allgaier on there because screw him, he wasted my time. And here's the drivers that the bums list will get. They will get Cole Custer, Michael McDowell, Bubba Wallace, Ty Dillon, and Austin Dillon. With those five drivers together, the bums list is at 146 points. So we need to get 147 or better to not be considered a bum. Oof. Let's start off with the weakest one. Finishing fourth out of us four with a score of 117 points which means he is a bum for this week I'm sorry 
Crazy Corrado, you scored only 117 points. He decided to switch out Jimmy Johnson with Martin Truex Jr. He had Ryan Blaney. They both got into accidents. I mean, he had no luck in this race. He did pick Kyle Busch. Um, Denny Hamlin also did bad for him. So, sorry, Crazy Corrado. Another last place for you, my man. You didn't even make the podium. It's been rough, man. I'm talking crap right now because I know I will fall below that line here pretty soon. Let's hope not, but there's a good chance that will happen. Finishing third with a score of 140 points just barely becomes a bum. I'm so happy about this one. It's Doofus Rufus. I mean, I, I almost, I was afraid because I saw how well some of those guys were doing. I mean, Matt Kenseth, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, they scored him almost 100 points, just those guys alone. So I was like, oh no, he's going to, he's actually going to do good. If he does good, I'm going to lose my podcast, but he, he got, I got lucky with the Chris Busher incident, so <laughs> suck it. You're the bronze medal, Doofus Rufus. Okay, move it on. So it's between me and Mechanical Manny once again. The competition has been so strong with us, but we decided to do some different picks, and it was the difference between who our race winner was. He picked Denny Hamlin, and I picked Kevin Harvick, which means I scored 175 points. He scored 152 points, which means your man Vanilla Wafer with another victory. Woo! Can't stop Vanilla Wafers in this bitch. Okay, I'm sorry. I I had to celebrate there because um, there was a good chance that he was going to beat me without a doubt. I mean, if Denny Hamlin did not wreck there at the end, he was going to beat me for sure. But, I mean, another victory in the book. And no, there's no BS calls there, Mechanical Manny. I saw that shenanigans that you were trying to pull last week. This is the legit stats. I won once again. You're just going to have to do better, son. Let's see how you guys do at Kentucky. But I'm going to celebrate this victory with... Some pelvic thrusts and a sugar-free icy from my favorite coffee place. It's going to be a good celebration this week. Woo! And that will conclude the last segment of today's episode, guys. Don't forget to tune in on either Thursday or Friday. I might move it a day before just so you guys have more time to look over your fantasy live picks. And also, we're going to cover a little bit more news. There's quite a bit of news that was dropped on today, which I'm recording this on Monday, that I really want to talk about as soon as possible. So we actually got a good episode coming up this Friday. But thank you guys so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>